I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The feast of the Holy Name, the naming of the child, Mary, Mother of Jesus, Mary, Mother of our Lord, Mary, Mother of God's Son, Mary, Mother of God, who saves. Today's reading and celebration is the day we zoom in into the shepherd's visits and proclamation. We acknowledge the naming of Jesus. And if we are paying attention, we catch one small line about the significant action of Mary, the mother of the baby savior. I've been struck recently by how much we miss in our understanding of Jesus, in our understanding of the Christmas story, if we don't take time to sit with the character of Mary in this fantastic moment in history. If we don't take time to pause to truly reflect and learn from the position of Mary the mother of the newborn Savior. There is that one small action noted in our passage. Mary, the orphan, the virgin, the teenager, who accepted God's invitation to grow a revolution in her womb, treasured and pondered. She treasured and pondered, treasured and pondered. Interestingly, this is, this is also noted when the adolescent Jesus was taken up to the temple. She again treasured and pondered it in all her heart. So even amidst the, uh, the, 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 the the obesity and the community of the bearing and raising of the improbable savior of the mankind. Mary had wits about her to treasure and ponder. Treasure and ponder of all that was happening. Maybe that is why God chose her to carry God's son. Or maybe carrying God's son in your womb changes things. No matter what, Mary matured quickly and the extraordinary circumstances that were trusted upon her. What a privilege she bore. What a weight. Historically, the church has been divided in their response to Mary and our contemporary culture does not help us either. We don't necessarily know what to do with her. Sometimes we believe, to, we believe to carry deity, she must be elevated to be deity herself. Others seem to minimize her into obscurity, perhaps as even the over-rotation to the first point. Meanwhile, many outside of Christianity ridicule the virgin birth as the hogwash of the fundamentalist belief. 
the nuns of the sound of music had it right. How do you solve the problem like Maria or Mary? There is something about Mary which religious uh, circles have consensus on. That is, that Mary is the problem to be solved. We do well not to elevate or eliminate her, but to attend to her story so that we might emulate her. So let's step into the story of Mary and also explore her pondering and treasuring. Interestingly, there is a variety of roots from which the name itself, Mary, derives its meaning. Therefore, it runs a spectrum from rebellious one or bitter to a beloved or wished for a child. That certainly does not help the study or the appreciation of Mary in the nativity scene. But all scripture tells us that Mary is a virgin, teenage girl, who was about to be married, was found to be pregnant. When she is first introduced to the Gospel of Luke, it says she was a virgin engaged to a man whose name is Joseph. Compare this with how Elizabeth is described. A wife of Zechariah, descendant of Aaron. Without Joseph, Mary is unknown. She's marginalized, nobody. A poor, unnotable, unmarried Jewish young lady in a patriarchal, economic caste ruled by Romans. Who she descended from is no concern of the text. It is very possible that Mary could be an orphan without parents, those still connected to a family, including Elizabeth. It is an understatement to say that the pregnancy is a big deal. It can be an overwhelming experience for anyone. I don't know that. But how much more for someone with demographics of Mary? We know that Joseph struggled with Mary being pregnant and wanted to break up with her in private. It took an angel of the Lord to convince Joseph. Maybe that was the only man around who believed in her. Zechariah the priest, the husband of Elizabeth, was mute during her visit. Who was there to support her during the pregnancy and childbearing? Could it be Mary and her relatives were there? Am I safe to assume culture where families were male-headed and religious rituals were led by men, that women found ways to support other women? particularly at the time like pregnancy. Pregnancy and childbearing was the domain of women. Surely Mary was surrounded by midwife and women during this time. It's interesting how our pageants and all the other paintings do not see women around Mary helping in childbirth. Maybe 
And I assume that it required the support of more than Joseph to make Mary's journey possible to endure. Perhaps with her particular story and a lot in life, pregnancy might have been the first time for her to know that she was not alone and that the life is a gift from God alone, including her own. Her journey of faith is embracing God's message in her body was the testimony and still a testimony for us today. She risked everything, her only hope of income and well-being and stability was in a marriage with Joseph. She chose to obey God and trust God, despite possible cost. She was ostracized for her choices, and she was probably called names. It's amazing in her song she sang to God that she declares that the Mighty One has done great things for her. When the shepherds arrived, they were amazed and danced around, celebrating the news of the Messiah. Did they connect their stories with David, who was a shepherd too? Did they see a Davidic protege in the son? They too received the message that the baby Jesus was the Messiah. The texts say, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. In her pondering and treasuring, maybe Mary was pondering why the angels didn't appear to the shepherds of the religious establishment or the religious elite. Why did God seem to be visiting and speaking to the lonely Herself and the shepherds. God was reversing the order. Those who were considered lonely and low esteem laborers are associated with God. God speaks to his lonely who were on the outskirts of society and often considered outcasts. Furthermore, the shepherds came to marry with those days that she will consider considered ritually impure. In the Old Testament, it is outlined that a woman is considered ritually impure for seven days after the boy or child is, is born, or 14 days for a girl child. Jesus' mother is given seven days to recover from the strain and trauma of childbirth. Her body was given a chance to connect intimately with God himself. Yet, the shepherds arrived and Mary welcomes them. I am not entirely sure she had other choices, but it still adds to the rebellious nature of the event. Mary's name and her action and attitude shows us a religious rebellion. Mary demonstrated to us that she was not prioritizing the religious impurity rituals, but rather a devotional intimacy with her son and the message of the good news. 
however untimely it might have been. She ponders and treasures these words. In so doing, Mary invites us to have a skin-to-skin experience with God. Intimacy with the divine is something we don't talk about. It's something we all seek. We want to be closer to God and be able to hear God's voice and heartbeat. Jesus' mother, Mary, models this for us from this very first days. On the eighth day, Jesus was considered strong enough to undergo circumcision ritual, which also contains the naming ceremony. In obedience to the message of the angels, the young virgin and the fiance declares his name Jesus. Not Joseph or a name of the other relative, but the name Jesus, which means God saves. Of course, Mary knew that personally and intimately. Indeed, God saves. God will continue to be true to that promise. The neighbors and relatives were invited to into this intimate and personal festival of the child bearing and the name of our Lord by his parents. Mary is bearing the sacred in order to make that promise true that God saves. You are also invited to this personal and intimate festival of the God who saves. What are you? I know it's a New Year resolution, but what are you willing to do this year to show that God saves? Will you follow the footsteps of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Will you give your life away in order to make the promises of God true? How do we ponder? How do we treasure all these words the shepherd came to tell Mary and Joseph? I think Mary, the bearer of God's child, the savior of the world, shows us. She accepts the call of God despite all else, despite any cost, and is present for whatever the Lord is doing in the moment. So instead of us seeing Mary as a problem to be solved, like the the sound of music, can we treasure her? and ponder her devotion, marvel at her love for God, and embrace her bravery. May we call her the mother of God. How about we join with John Stone's devotion, captured in his poem, The Virgin Mary. Let us celebrate the Blessed Mother Maiden, whose womb was strange heaven where God clothed himself. Can we pour our zealous thanks on her deeds, which were our help, as she bore and raised the child Jesus, who deceased sin and unlocked paradise for us. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, 
connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the Word to serve in the world.